Danielle. And I'm Crispin. In this podcast, we will be listening to the Adventures in Odyssey radio show that has been put out by Focus on the Family for the past 30 years. If you grew up evangelical like us, there's a good chance you've heard an episode or two. We'll be on the lookout for themes and messages in the show that coincide with and sometimes depart from God's vision for his kingdom in the world. Thanks for listening with us. Welcome back to your favorite podcast about evangelical kids' radio shows. <laughs> I bet we're number one in that category. I bet so. Unless someone is out there doing one about Jungle Jam, which, you know, ran, I think, in the 90s. Or what if, like, there's, like, the actual Focus on the Family podcasts? That's probably more. But not for kids. We have a specific category. Don't they have one that's like they just play the episodes of Adventures in Odyssey? Oh, that's true. I bet that's yeah. more popular than ours. <laughs> that's probably true. <laughs> Anyways. But I wanted to mention Jungle Jam because it was, you know. Okay, because here's the thing uh-huh. is that it was really different than Adventures in Odyssey because everyone was doing just like Jim Henson voices the whole time. How about this? Like that's this. Jungle Jam? Yeah. Leonard and Sully. Wait, sing the song. Like, they're like, oh, 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 in the jungle. Yeah. Yeah, but I was thinking about this, mm-hmm. is I was like, what were the themes? There, one, the biggest thing that I remember was there was one about the plaid guy who looked different than everyone else. Because he was plaid. Because he was plaid, which is talking about how God loves everyone. Even the plaid. Even the plaid. Um which I think was just code for being queer. I obviously. Right. But they also had one about consequences, which seems to be just like this theme. You know, they had a whole song about consequences, consequences, look what's running around the bend. And I've never listened to any of these. So I'm as lost as you are, dear listeners. But so there's like the room of consequences. Wait, Jungle Jam is like another Christian kids radio thing. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. And just like little skits. Um, but yeah, consequences. And that was like such a big thing here, right? Seems to be such a big theme. Like what are the consequences? But how come they haven't discussed like what are the consequences of holding this theology for like queer kids oh, that boom. grew up in the you church? You just turned it around. I brought it around. <laughs> I'm just like not ready to talk about this episode. Are you feeling tired? Of talking about evangelicalism yet? Because <laughs> we have. Are we halfway? This We're is halfway. Episode <gasps> seven. Can you put some like chipper music right here? Mm hmm. Okay. Consequences, 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 consequences. No, I don't want you to do that anymore. <laughs> I'm not in the mood. Chris, for your juggle jam. Just kidding, I always am. Okay, anyways, we're halfway through. I can't believe it. We're going to delve up some um, some more episodes too, right? Mm-hmm. We thought we were going to delve up. We thought we were going to delve up today, but this <laughs> episode has a lot going on, so we're going to discuss it. And it's my turn to do a recap, but you're the one who listened to it today. I listened to it yesterday. So So I'll make sure to fill in the gaps. Oh, so I have to still do it? Yeah, give it your best shot. Okay. Director, wait, something happens to Wooten, like his house burns down with all his stuff, his comic book stuff, and so then the officer is comes to like 
interrogate them to see who maybe did it. And it's like the perilous pin who's interested in stealing all Wooten's stuff. And then um, there's something about the newspaper guy, Dale, and the vigilantors. And I don't remember anything. Yeah, you're great. Wit doesn't want to sensationalize things, right. of course. Now, I don't think the vandalism to the shop warranted front page coverage. And D, he, Wooten meets with D. Grant from Maximum Comics. Maximum or whatever. Comics, yeah. Okay. Right. And then also there are comments on Wit's website. Oh, right, right. right. How could you forget? I was going to say, there's like no plot, but right. there is plot. Mm-hmm. I just forget it all. So we have like a big corporate comic book publisher. Mm hmm. <laughs> There's a bad person here, and then the vigilantes make, yeah, and the vigilantes are going after Wit on his right. website. Mm-hmm. We'll, so we'll talk about all that stuff. Uh, Wit talks about Jesus for the first time. No, you're ruining my segment. Sorry. Um, what did you think was good? Well, seven episodes in, they actually quote Jesus. You like that quote from Jesus, huh? Well. <laughs> I don't like how Wit uses it, but it's nice that they actually engage with Jesus. Right. I mean, I have to be honest and say that's good. But we're halfway through here, people. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of annoying. And I also like that Jules like doesn't like Mr. Whitaker. <laughs> Remember? Because like, Mr. Whitaker's like, she doesn't talk to me at all. And Connie's like, you're Wit. Kids tell you everything. Which I was like, that's so creepy. But Jules doesn't, so. All right. You love it when people don't like Mr. Whitaker. Yeah. It's always the troubled kids. Oh. Right? I love those troubled kids. Because there's the kid in Except Buck is really trying to impress him. That's true. I was thinking of the kid in Dungeons and Dragons, the cousin. Lou or something. Yeah, Castles and Cauldrons. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. He doesn't like Mr. Whitaker either. He but gives he was him the like creeps. Demon possessed. This Let's true. not talk about that. <laughs> These are the characters you identify with. Yes. Yeah, but it's I think one of the main themes here is, that starts to to kind of take form is um so the perilous pen is this anonymous blog that's written by someone about what's going on in the comic world and they found out what Wooten is working on, and he is working on his sleuth family, Robinson, right? And starts to describe this family. Which, it, like we said before, is basically the Incredibles. Yes, right. That's true. It's just a family of superheroes. Mm-hmm. But they like each other. Right. That's like the big thing, and they have no conflict. <laughs> right. Well, we find out there's more. Are you really going to name him Augustine Robinson? That's on there? Uh-huh. And it says the father is really insightful about spiritual things, the deepest aspects of the human condition, people's souls, and all things devotional. Is that true, Wooten? Right? Because the father um, likes his his superpower is being excellent in all things devotional. Oh, right. Right. Under DL overthinks things. But when they said the name of the father of the comic book superhero family, like I heard Oxteen and you heard 
Augustine. Augustine. Which I listening to it today on clear speakers, I'm quite sure that it is Augustine. Like Saint Augustine. Yeah, of course. By the way, is it Augustine or Augustine? Oh, that's a depends on if you listen to Band of Horses or exactly. not. Exactly. That's the litmus test right there. Anyways, I think maybe they are going for Augustine. Like, you know, he's not really a church father, but he is highly influential right. in Christian theology and original sin and mm-hmm. right. I mean, lots I think- of uh, sexual ethics as well. Um, not like I'm an expert in that, so I'm not going to talk out of my butt because I don't know what I'm talking about. There. But I do think that Augustine was like one of the like, basically, there's Paul, and then Augustine comes next in terms of who like evangelicals listen to, sure, and read. I don't know. So, anyways, I guess I think they named the dad after that for sure. But yeah, it's like the big juicy gossip, hot gossip is that this. Okay, the father is deeply insightful about spiritual things. It's a superpower. <laughs> Including the human condition and all things devotional. <laughs> right. oh my wow. Gosh. What, what do you think that means? What does all things devotional mean? All things devotional. Like, is he just an expert on all those, like, daily devotions? That's what I, I think of. No. All things devotional. My dad never once gave me a devotional. And he was a pastor. Right. My mom did it a lot, though. Mm-hmm. What kind of devotional? I don't want to talk about it. She's really into the book of Revelations that the world was ending soon, and I would be a martyr by age 16, but we're not going to talk about that were there now. T- were there devotionals about that? Yes. <laughs> wow. Is it like the left behind devotional? She kind of made them up herself. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So not, like, available to the public. Devotional just means, like, you know, to expound upon biblical and godly things. That's what I think. Mm. Yeah. You know, we're, like, what, progressive millennials now, right? Wouldn't we just say, like, Lectio Divina is a way of devotional reading? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, anyways, the superpower is all things devotional. Which, again, this is, like, so weird, and you're like, what is the point of all this except to say, like, you know, I think this is complementarianism. So the father is a spiritual head of the family, right? That's why he's deeply insightful about spiritual things and devotionals and the human condition. I don't think they ever leak anything about the other people of this, right? So the dad is the only one who matters, and the dad is, like, what makes, you know— D. Grant sort of be like, yeah, this is not going to sell and we need to think about a wider audience, which, you know, as somebody who was in Christian publishing, I was actually like very intrigued by this conversation with a publisher and her just telling Wooten, like, this won't sell, this won't reach the masses. Um, Because honestly, publishers do talk like that all the time and it's really depressing. (laughs) But it's, I always work with Christian publishers, right? And so they're the ones selling me I have to change things in order to reach the average Christian woman, which is baloney. But I did want to say it goes back to D. Grant from Maximize Comics and Wooten, like later on in the episode. And she was saying, like, they have to change Wooten's idea because it's too wholesome. And Wooten acts, like, really surprised. And then she says, like, do you you get along with everyone in your family? And he's like, well, not all the time, but... 
basically like most of the time. And then he says, going back to what we've talked about their conception of art earlier, Wooten says, I believe art should not only reflect reality, but should shape it. Like if you only show broken families, like in comic books, it makes sense that we're going to have a lot of broken families. I believe art should not only reflect reality, but help to shape it. Okay, what do you mean? Well, art influences and inspires people and even nudges them in certain directions. Mm -hmm. If you show nothing but broken families, then it's not a big surprise that real families become broken too. So if he shows like a wholesome family where the dad uh, is the expert all things devotional, then we're going to suddenly have a bunch of families in the U.S. with the dads being experts in all things devotional. I mean... Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it does remind me of uh, Promised Land, watching that when I was a kid, right? You have a wholesome wholesome family. Yeah. Right. Except well, he was like totally PTSD Vietnam vet oh. who had anger issues. Yeah, you're a little bit older than me. But he's the head of the household but... and was a good godly Christian man who tried really hard and apologized after he exploded at people. That's what I sort of remember. I could be wrong. I just remember an Airstream trailer. Yeah. That's all I remember from that show. I remember a lot more than that. Right. But I wouldn't trust my memory. Yeah. Touch My Angel, Promised Land, Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman. Mm-hmm. Those are the shows we were allowed to watch. Now that is a role model for you. Dr. Quinn? Yeah. Yeah, she was bad, eh? Right. If you ask me. That's what I was thinking. And, I mean, she always does look so pained, though. We tried to rewatch it a few years ago. Oh, it yeah. It too much. Did someone... No, somebody sent us uh, Touched by an Angel at some point, like digitized. Well, I'm working on a piece about um, Andrew, the Angel of Death. <laughs> of course you I've been are. working on it for a long time. <laughs> He's a fascinating character, let me tell you. And I think the world is just waiting for my think piece about <laughs> Andrew, the Angel of Death from Touched by an Angel. Well, isn't there stuff behind the 25 scenes? 25 years ago. Like that- he died very young. But I don't care about that. I mean, I do oh, okay. care. But I just want to more talk about his conception of death and being an angel of death. Anyways. Right. I always, like, in my young mind, you know, when you make associations, like, I always thought Mel Gibson and Carmen were the same person. Uh-huh. And I also thought... I think thought, my mom did, too. Yeah. <laughs> and I also thought that Andrew, the angel of death, and Michael W. Smith were the same person. Because they look pretty you similar, lost right? me there. What were we talking about? Oh, wholesome families. Right. Yeah. I mean, and modeling that and... Mm-hmm. Right. I just think... I mean, I think that this really speaks to an issue that I have with church, actually. And oh, wait. You have issues with the the church? <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> Do tell. I th- Like, along these lines... Um, it, it is really great to, like, when you get to watch a movie that's like, oh, this, like, feels like the family that I grew up in. Like, this really normalizes it. I'm not weird. I'm not, like, out there. Like, mm-hmm. I, I have a dysfunctional family. And so, like, watching movies about that is, like, really helpful to me. And sometimes it's hard to be at church where it's this sense of, like, everybody's perfect or all families are good or, you know, like there isn't like, it doesn't feel like there's room for a variety and diversity of experiences, Yeah, which I think is the importance of art. Okay. I would say. I want to say two things. I don't really think, first of all, that this is really about art. This is about like media, right? Portrayals of families. Uh, The first thing I want to say is I think this is all 
in opposition to the actual show called Modern Family. <laughs> <laughs> this conversation or this whole 14 episode This whole album? 14 episode arc okay. is about Modern Family because there's a gay couple in it, Crispin. I don't know if you're aware of that. Secondly, I have a question for you. Okay. Have you ever seen a family on TV or in a movie or something that did model the kind of family you grew up in? Like conservative Christian, two parents, what, you had three brothers and four kids, uh-huh. you know? Hmm. It is kind of interesting because being raised extremely conservative Christian, like I had a pretty good childhood. I know yours was different. Uh, you know, Promise Land was like one of the shows we definitely watched. Um, that I felt like, yeah, because we actually like traveled the country to motorhome for a few months once. Um, and Danielle was devastated, right? Yeah, because your parents told everyone that you were homeless. That we were as homeless. A joke. Yeah, and I like really believed in. I was really desperately worried about our finances. And um, but one thing I always think of is uh, you know the movie I Heart Huckabees. <laughs> Yes. Remember that family that, like, is so sure that they're a good family? And I just remember the mom at one point saying, we invited a Sudanese refugee into our home. Like, remember? Uh-huh. And I just was like, oh, my gosh. That's a little bit me and my family. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Can you think of a family that kind of reflects? Yeah, I don't. Because, like, we had all these movies, like, saved and, yeah, like, these right. things that really portrayed it in a in a really ne- negative way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you had all these, like, Christian movies where it was just bizarre. Like, right. McGee and Me, you know. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, I think watching Boy Erased, actually, there was, like, felt familiar in a way. Mm. Uh, particularly around, like, the issue of, like the dad being super religious and the mom being, like, really quiet. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, you did tell me that. Yeah. Right, yeah. And I'm like, I think that is, like, feels familiar and probably, like, feels familiar to other people that grew up, especially in complementarian, like, circles. Yeah. Right? Where, like, the mom is, like, maybe really torn, Mm -hmm. but, you know, won't stand up to the father because... So here's a positive thing. I think Odyssey is trying to, like Adventures in Odyssey, the show, is trying to bridge that gap. Mm-hmm. They seem like pretty normie families, right? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's what they're trying to do. They fight on the way to church. Just like we all do. <laughs> Mark Evan Jackson, you know. Parker. Parker. <laughs> <laughs> when is he going to come back? He's coming back. Okay. We still have like the other insane. Insane things happening in this series coming up right. that I can't even talk about with wanting to burst into tears. So we'll get there. Okay, sorry. Tangent, families, but that's like a huge, huge portion of this entire series. It's like there's so many broken families, i.e. not heteronormative families who are Christian being broadcasted in media. And that's a huge source of trouble. And now society is like just reflecting that. Right, yeah. Which I will say, like, in some ways it's true. Like, the more you show difference, the more difference feels free to present itself, which is fascinating in light of this larger discussion of LGBTQ 
things, right? A lot as we continue to study the Bible and, you know, something that comes up is, and it is really hard because there's just so many lovely people who have been really impacted by the stories of people who are gay. And they just say, I wish I could change my theology, but I can't. Like, I just read the Bible. I love the Bible. And the Bible has authority in my life. Like, just point me to any scripture, right, that shows that God blesses same-sex marriage or homosexuality. And it's just like, I can't point to that because that wasn't even a concept, like, as we now view it, right? And so... Yes, this is now such a more prevalent issue for the church. It's it's more common in society. And Taylor Swift is singing about it. You know, so I think there is truth to that. But Focus on the Family views it as such a negative thing when, you know, there's obviously positives that they're overlooking. And, and mainly that's positives for people who have been, you know, actually killed or abused or forced into horrible situations um, due to not being able to be honest about their orientation, right? Yeah, definitely. That was a tangent. I'm sorry. No, I don't think so at all. I think that it is like how do you – like I think there is such importance for like allowing space for diversity and for talking about a lot of – like both diversity and brokenness yeah. in society. The culture's changing, Kristen. Culture's changing really fast. And maybe we're capitulating to it. What do you think? If by capitulating you mean listening to the stories of people that previously didn't have platforms to tell their stories from, then yes. Yeah. You say tomato, they say heretical tomato. <laughs> right? Yep. Right. <laughs> Anyways. We'll talk about that more, I think, in, in upcoming episodes as well. So that's a big thing that was discussed. And then the next big thing would be wit. Wit. Is there a wit splain for this episode? I mean, he kind of wits. Does he wit splain Jesus? He says something about if Jesus' teachings are ignorant then I'm ignorant. Well, there's something like there's that. There's one phrase that really stood out to me, and I'm not sure it's a wit-splain. It's like a wit-dismissal, right? Wit-dismissal? <laughs> wit-dismissal. That's <laughs> not as catchy, but... Um, I guess... Okay, we'll work up to that one, because basically Mr. Whitaker is saying that he's had some weird comments on his... Website, which is weird. Like, why would there be a place for comments on a website about an ice cream parlor? That's what I was wondering. <laughs> well, what is the website about? I don't know. Is it his personal blog? I bet he has a blog. I'm I'm almost 100% positive Wit has a blog. I say that as a former blogger myself. Um, what do you think he blogs about? Oh. Current issues? Yes. Okay. He also probably, like, posts his concerns about various prominent Christians and how they're straying from the fold. Mm. He also probably, like, watches all the bad movies just to make sure they are really bad. And then he, like, categorizes how many bad things are in them. Don't you think? Yeah. Well, yeah. what you're saying basically is that he's, like, running plug-in magazines yes. from behind the scenes. Yes. So, anyways, 
And then the detective's like at wit's end and was like, oh my gosh, you've been hacked by the vigilantors. And wit's like, no, I don't want to make any accusations. But the commenters, I'm usually able to delete them. And now this time I can't. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. He's censoring people. So he deletes all negative comments on his ice cream shop blog page. Mm -hmm. And now he can't. So he's kind of freaking out. So who loves free speech now, Wit? Right. Speaking of free speech and sensationalizing things, because uh-huh. the initial sensationalizing comment, whatever, was because it was front page news that his shop was splattered. Right. Right. Oh, he was on the front page. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. so he's like, I wish they had never written about it at all. Like, it didn't deserve to be front page news. Uh, which then made me want to go to Focus on the Family's website and see what sorts of things they highlight on their page. Uh-oh. Um, yeah, and definitely, um, you know, have things on here about, like, one couple's fight to honor God with their bakery, which seems a little sensationalized So how do people in 2019... Who are conservative, committed Christians? How do they honor God with their bakeries? By not capitulating to culture. We all know the answer to that, like immediately. Right. They don't serve gay people. Mm-hmm. That's what they mean. So, which is fascinating. So that's front page news on Focus on the Family. In this episode of Adventures in Odyssey, the detective pull house was like, oh, what do those comments say? Oh, I bet they call you an intolerant and narrow-minded bigot who should be boycotted. And Witt's like, yeah, that's pretty much what they said. And they also link to this talk I gave, which I think is really a sermon on marriage. And that's when we get to Matthew 19. So Matthew 19 is the passage in which Jesus I, – I mean, you should probably look it up because I'm going to like mangle it. But Jesus is basically saying like in the beginning there was one man and one woman and – Right? and Well, he says... Because uh, the question was about divorce. Right. And then Jesus says, um, it is... Uh, See, the religious right has gotten to me. I'm like, Jesus said marriage is between one man and one woman. <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> no, he says... Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? And said, therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife. And the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. So? Yeah, and so we love this almost heretical episode that just dropped about this passage. I would highly recommend everybody listen to it. If we actually ever did show notes, we would put it in there. I'm just telling you to Google it now. Almost heretical. But, you know, their whole point was that this is really like lame wad dudes trying to get out of marriages easily asking Jesus about divorce because they wanted to further oppress women, cast aside their wives and get new ones. Right. And so Jesus is saying, I'm not going to let you dudes off the hook here. Right. Which is awesome. That's what Jesus would totally do. And then, you know, there's a passage that they always leave off, which is at the very end of this talking about eunuchs. Which sort of negates, like, the whole obsession with marriages and families in the first place. So what what does Jesus say right after that? Yeah, he says, not everyone can accept this word, but only those to whom it has been given. 
For there are eunuchs who are born that way, and there are eunuchs who have been made eunuchs by others, and there are those who choose to live like eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. The one who can accept this should accept it. Yeah, so eunuchs, you know, are... There's several interpretations of that. But it's just, to me, I'm saying, like, Jesus, even talking about this passage that people have used to say, like, see, Jesus says this is normative. Um, I'm like, Jesus is also saying, like, yeah, there's people who have never fit into this mold, people who have been made to not be able to fit this mold, and people who choose to not fit this mold. Um, you know, Jesus himself was single. All, you know, all this stuff, right? It's fascinating, and there's real, like, political and even, like, biblical interpretive reasons why Matthew 19 is now the passage that conservatives hang their hat on because they can say, like, Jesus says this is normative. One man and one woman for life. Um, And I, you know, I think there's some weight to that. I think there's also, again, this idea that there was no such thing as like a marriage between two people of the same gender. And even that like statement in the beginning, God created the male and female. Like I would really encourage everybody listening to this podcast to go study um, intersex people and the reality that at least 1%, if not 2% of the population has some genetic traits of both, sexes in them and there's actually this amazing podcast episode the podcast is called betwixt and there's one all about intersex christians and it's fascinating and it's extremely challenging especially if you have been raised with more complementary thinking everything depends on gender sexuality and your gender that you're signed at birth is the most important thing about you Well, the intersex thing just throws all of that into question. And we need to be listening to those people who throw everything into question. So like normative people have been doing this theology this whole time, right? And it's time to listen to the reality of the people who don't fit into the norms. And so intersex is, I think, is a great entry point for people to start to be like, wow, it's not as cut and dried as I thought. Would you agree? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'd encourage everybody to check that out. Right. Which I think is basically the whole premise of this is like, here's this very clear Mm -hmm. idea of God's idea of marriage. And if there is dysfunction within a family, it's because people are straying from one man and one woman. Yeah, totally. Right. Everything would be just fine. There'd be no abuse that would happen whatsoever if people just... I mean, I can't even finish the sentence because we all know it's not true. Right. Yeah, exactly. Okay, while we're here, okay, uh, on Focus on the Family, social issues uh, portion of their website, okay. right? You can click on social issues. Uh, there are some topics. It's sorted by topics. What social issues do you think Focus on the Family uh, cares about? And what I'll give you even a hint. There are just three of them. Gender. Sexuality. Sexuality. You got it? Transgenderism. <laughs> Uh, wait a minute. What's like the religious liberty thing? Yep, religious okay. freedom. Okay. You got one more. <sighs> Sexuality, religion, abortion. Marriage. Marriage. Not even like pro-life <laughs> and nothing else. Religious freedom, sexuality, marriage. Those are the and only... And they're all tied together. Those are the only three social issues that they care about. Right. I mean, 
I'm not surprised. And they're but... all linked together. Right, yeah. And so here's the other fascinating thing about this. So Wit is trying to delete these comments. He can't. Now the detective is going to like look into if the vigilantors are hacking Wits and which is it's just like he's they're not letting him delete their comments. But I rem- uh, Jules is like there for this conversation, right? And she basically is like, oh, yeah, the vigilantes did this in California. And in fact, this guy who owned a donut shop went out of business. We had something like this happen with the vigilantes in California. And a guy who owned a donut shop went out of business. Maybe his donuts weren't very good. Uh, well, do me a favor, Connie. Don't mention it to anyone. I don't want this to get out of hand. And that was like, you know, a big deal, I guess. Right, yeah. <laughs> Which brings me to the point, talking about religious freedom. One thing that conservative Christians, like, it's very messy, and I, my favorite people are the ones who embrace the messiness. But there is something, especially for um, people who identify as gay and are celibate, and we and we would count some of those people among our friends, and we actually really honor and value their stories. We're not here to negate that at all. But when you know Christians who are straight tell, uh, like Christians who are gay, <laughs> you know God just put this in your life, and this is a burden you'll have to carry. You know, self sacrificialness is a hallmark of Christianity, and this is the burden God's asked you to carry to be celibate for life. As a testimony to God. You know, like, this is something we hear, right? And it's always struck me as, like, that's a really heavy burden to put on someone that you yourself don't have to carry. Uh, Like, how come we don't hear about any of that, like, self-sacrificial love when it comes to issues of religious liberty? Like, so what if people boycott Wits End and they don't want to eat ice cream at a place where, like, he won't even put up a flyer to support inclusivity and tolerance. Like, so what if he goes out of business because people don't agree with him? Like, isn't that what the free market's all about? Shouldn't Wit be embracing it as a way to take up his cross, to sacrifice financially? Like, no, this is not a two-way street for people. I can't tell right now if you're saying that they should really get on board with the self-sacrificial part or the capitalist part. They should embrace – well, both. (laughs) Right, because you also have mentioned free market in there, (laughs) which this is also where the free market leads. It's kind of true. Well, that's why they start – introducing in this episode the idea that the free market might not actually be free, Crispin. There might be some like big media conglomerates that are orchestrating everything with their big progressive ideals and all their money and their Jewish sounding last names. And I wish I was making this up, you guys, but I'm not. This is really what they are talking about in this episode. I feel like we've talked too much. We can't even like go into all that. But yeah. Bakeries, florists, and now an ice cream parlor with a weird imagination station in it. They might all go out of business if the vigilantors get their way, Crispin. Should we actually talk about Mr. Schwartz? Yes, we should. Okay. Right. You talk about it. Well, um, I mean, yeah, basically at the end, the... Oh, because this goes along with... uh, I don't know what we know or we don't know. But basically what it becomes clear is that there's this big media conglomerate that is putting pressure on Odyssey. They're they're funding the Let's Get Together Festival. They're doing a TV show 
right? That does not have a heterosexual couple. Yeah, they're filming a TV show outside of Odyssey. Right. They own the paper. They own Maximize Comics. And they give money to the Let's Get Together right. festival. Right, Mr. Schwarentz or whatever is a billionaire with good ideals and principles. Well, that's what Dee Grant, she's, and she right. like, turns out to be a big baddie in this show. She mm-hmm. says, He's a man of great ideals and life-changing principles, and he believes he should use his wealth and influence to spread them. Uses his wealth to spread those ideas. Right. <laughs> he wants to unite everyone under his vision. Right. This liberal one-world government vision. Mm -hmm. I grew up a lot hearing about the one-world government in my Revelations devotionals. Right. Full circle. Which I think is, in a lot of ways, true. Right? I think that media overall is trying to normalize queer and gay relationships. And Right? I just don't take issue with it. No. So, but I also think, um, yeah, it was interesting. At the same time, I will say, like, I hate all pop music with a passion. It's so misogynistic. It's so terrifying. The messages we give, especially young women, I just, I just hate most of it. Right. I mean, we just, so it's June now. It's yeah. Pride Month. Uh-huh. And it just, like, we were walking through the mall the other day. Yeah. And it just feels so opportunistic. And Bath and Body Works has like a pride lotion. Right. And it's not because I don't want people to feel accepted and loved and have equal rights and all of that. You know, McSweeney's, the humor (laughs) website, had this amazing piece that was just called like my coming out story sponsored by Wells Fargo. You know, and I'm like, yeah, that's it's definitely how it feels like it's getting. But that's like not. The big fish to fry, I don't think. Right, no. Um, but seriously, the big media conglomerate guy's name sounds Jewish to me. And I don't think that's an accident. And that's mm-hmm. deeply upsetting. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. Well, the last thing that stood out to me from that was um, it's it's just interesting because there's this piece in there about where Dale Jacobs says, like, they're talking like they're a family but they're not acting like a family because uh, it's like, you know, here either like you agree with us or you leave. Nobody's forcing you to be part of the family. Is that a threat? It's reality. And I was like, that actually just feels really familiar, I think, to evangelicalism, right? Talking about wit, probably like he's probably on Twitter farewelling people, right? It's oh, that I bet same he is. thing yeah. of like, you call this a family, but. The minute that you disagree or fall out of line, then it's like you're out. Yeah. Which I think are two really different dynamics, but felt familiar to yeah. me. Okay. What does old Chris say? Yeah. We've seen a lot of conflict over the past few episodes, especially between Wit and those who support the Let's Get Together Festival. It's been an especially tough time for Wit. Have you noticed how he's reacted to everything? Instead of fighting back, he's tried to give his foes the benefit of the doubt, speaking respectfully and reasonably, all while taking his stand for the truth. That reminds me of the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 14, where we're told to strive for peace with everyone. Why? Because when we do, those who don't believe in God will have a chance to see the kind of love and patience God has with all of us. 
think about that next time you're in a disagreement with someone. You can be mean and nasty, or you can be gracious and kind. Which way do you think God would want you to behave? Okay, so Chris, 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 you're doing the classic enabler move of making us feel bad for the abuser in this mm-hmm. situation. That's what she starts off with. She says, well, we've certainly seen a lot of conflict. It's been especially tough time for wit. So, like, she's telling the kids, like, feel sad for wit. But, like, for what? Right. He got a few comments based on something he said, which I don't even know what his whole sermon was about. But I'm assuming it was that gay people should not get the legal right to get married because again this was in 2014 right. so yeah if people don't want to eat his ice cream like because he's against equal rights right I, yeah. I mean right I mean it makes me uh, so I'm not I'm not saying that I would say that um, Wit is oppressive right with his rigid moral views uh, I wouldn't say that he is abusive but it does make me think about something when you interviewed Wade Mullen uh-huh. the other day, yeah. talking about how when people, when abusive, especially like, you know, abusive yeah. men in power lose their position yeah. because of what they've done, it elicits empathy and pity from people. And they're like, oh, look at how they're suffering because you don't actually see the abuse when it happens. You just see the consequences. And this feels really similar. You don't actually see how hard it is for gay people to not be able to marry, right? But you, you I mean, do you, see... Can you even imagine how hard it'd be to be gay in Odyssey? No. no. Right. And of course the focus is not on that. It's like, oh, it's been so tough for wit. Exactly. That's that's the thing. It's yeah. like it's like you you see that and it's like, oh, poor wit, and you're not thinking about like the whole big systemic picture. Yeah. Here. So I wouldn't say he's like abusive either. I but right. this is an image management strategy mm-hmm. that enablers use to cover up for abusers, which is you deflect and you know, try and elicit pity. For the person who might be in danger of losing their position. So that's a tactic and that's a real thing. And Chris, my friend, you're doing it. Okay. She's not your friend. I think I was trying to be kind. I think that's pretty She's trying clear. to reach out. <laughs> by, by episode Chris, seven. Chris, if here. you're listening, you can still leave. You can leave at any time. I just imagine you're like trapped. Whip your hair back, check your nails. Anyways. I imagine her trapped in just like a black room. Oh! Because she doesn't exist in the... She doesn't exist in the real world, nor does she exist in Odyssey. Oh my gosh, next episode we're going to talk about like, where is Chris? Okay, okay. So anyway. I don't even want to do any questions for Focus on the Family. Well, okay, then here's my discussion question. (laughs) Okay, what? What would you do if Mr. Whitaker was your Bible study leader? I would make his life a living hell. <laughs> yes, you would. You know that would be my yes, goal in life. Right. So I, show, know, I would show up every week with a plate of brownies and a lot of questions to ask. And eventually he'd get super annoyed at me and politely tell me that might not be a good fit for me to go to that Bible study anymore. And he just really understands if I can't handle the hard, plain truth of the Bible. I'm free to go capitulate with culture as much as I want. Right. That's the thing. That's my guess. There are, like, so many questions. Like, so many questions that these things bring up. And I think that we need to have discussions about these things. Right? 
And unfortunately, just so often, like, you bring up questions and it's taken as, like, conflict or challenging or, you know, not being faithful to the Bible. But just, like, there are so many questions. Wow. We never even got around to the Whitsmissal. (laughs) What's the Whitsmissal? So, like, Connie – is it Connie? Yeah, Connie was sort of saying, like, you just, like, talked about what Jesus said. How could people be mad at you talking about marriage? And Wit was sort of like, well, I don't know. You'll have to go ask them. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. So? Well, apparently that's a good example of my intolerance because I affirm that God's design is for marriage between a man and a woman. Mm -hmm. But you were just quoting Jesus. Well, according to them, Jesus got it wrong, or didn't know as much as we know now. (laughs) But he's God. How can he not know? Yeah, well, you'll have to ask them. And I was like, oh, that's the line that really stood out to me. He doesn't really want Connie, like, talking to the vigilantes. She's trying to delete their comments. Like, Mm he he just wants to say, like, they're stupid and they don't care about Jesus. Right, yeah. Anybody that views differently than me, you know? I was like, right. I wish he really wanted to engage in conversation and say, what do you think this passage means? And, you know, mm-hmm. that doesn't happen. Right, yeah. I mean, basically he's saying, like, yeah, he can't even express, well, at least the writers don't want him expressing what the concerns of the vigilantes are. Right. Right, because what would happen if they did? That would be... A, right. Instead, again, we go to the image management. They're calling you a narrow-minded bigot. They're probably going to boycott you. Yeah, all this to elicit pity for wit, and we're not actually talking about the actual conversation, which never happens in this entire series. Oh, Chris, We got to stop. We got to stop. I don't know if we're going to make it. I know. I think we're going to give up. Let's start a Patreon, but for nice... Gifts? Mm-hmm. You guys have to send us funny gifts or we can't keep going. Gifts, not gifts. I'd accept gifts, but I meant gifts. Okay, right. Okay. That is your love language. It is. Yeah. All right. I'm trying to teach Kristen how to like text them to me, but he's pretty bad at it. It's true. It doesn't go well. He only sends me ones from Terrace House, and there's very few gifts from Terrace House, actually. Anyways. Thank you to everyone who is listening. Thank you to everyone who's been reviewing our podcast. We're up to 27, like, star reviews. And then, I, you know, I don't know, seven yeah, or eight right. other reviews. That's we're going so nice. Back to, right, we're trying to get in that. We're trying to get to the top of our niche, right? Yeah. Podcasts about evangelical children's TV, I mean, radio shows. <laughs> we're not doing TV. <laughs> no. No. To Brad. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Twitter. Ask us any of your bizarro questions or give us your reactions. We love those reactions. We really do. Uh, we're on Twitter as Prophetic Imagine. And you can email us your sad or nice or happy stories. Um, we will not be debating any issues with you via email, however. So uh, you, can, you can find someone to do that with you on the internet, though. Mm-hmm. I bet. Right. For sure. <laughs> But we really, it's been really encouraging to get emails from folks. Um, Really encouraging. Continue to email at propheticimaginationstation at gmail.com. Yeah, we try and keep a, you know, a chipper upper lip about this stuff, but it is a pretty heavy topic, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess it, I, I think it's just like, 
like, yeah, we try to try to have fun with this podcast, but realizing that this, this topic and this discussion is like really hard. And I think yeah. is like really, it, it, it necessitates some care. Right. And I, I just think like just, this topic itself, right, as people are wrestling through this, it's really hard because a lot of times it can put you at odds with your faith community, which is such a hard It's place to absolutely be. been turned into a litmus test that has been weaponized to hurt people. Mm-hmm. So right, yeah. I'm done. I'm tired of it. Yeah. All right. I think that is all that we can talk about tonight. But we are excited to come back next week and keep going. Well, I don't know if we're excited about this. We will come back next week. The only thing that keeps us going is your emotional support of us. Just kidding. That's a lot of pressure. We're like a family. So we need you. We just create a family out of whatever we want. Right. But seriously, getting emails from folks has been super encouraging for us. Um, so and... reach out to us, propheticimaginationstation at gmail.com, propheticimagine on Twitter. Yep. Um, you can follow us personally on Twitter, K underscore underscore Mayfield. Yep. And DL Mayfield. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you guys. Thanks, guys. This has been an episode of the Prophetic Imagination Station. Check us out on SoundCloud or iTunes and stay tuned for weekly discussions.